Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 187, and today we have Chia Dogu. Chi is an internationally recognized expert in transforming businesses by showing them how to double, triple, and even quadruple growth using smart digital marketing strategies. If you're able to quadruple somebody's growth, that is pretty damn good, my friend. Uh, he's also a, a regularly provides insights for leading media and industry outlets, including Huffington Post, Good Men Project, Addicted to Success, Thrive Global, and so many more. Uh, he, he and his team help entrepreneurs, executives, and thought leaders grow their credibility, influence, and income by using awesome power of podcasting, which is what we're primarily going to be talking about today. Um, she is also writing a book, so he's an author now, uh, but he is also a leader in the podcasting world. Chi, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate man, it. Anytime, anytime. So I was on your show. Now you're on my show. You're in my yeah. territory now. Uh, so I <laughs> ask the questions and you answer I'm, them. I, I'm in your house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So since you are technically in my house and a recent transport to Toronto, right? Yes. Uh, from where again? Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. Nigeria. Man, that is amazing. Uh, beautiful story that you have here, and it's uh, it's an honor to have you. But before we begin into the the heavy hitting questions about business, we have to talk about something really important to me, and that's food. Oh so yeah. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to eat, and what are you going to order to make your day complete? Okay, so of course because I'm Nigerian, I grew up on Nigerian food, so I'm going to talk about the Nigerian food. And because, you know, I spent the better part of my life in the U.S., so I'll tell you about a little Nigerian restaurant in New York called uh, Buka. It's in Brooklyn. So if I have a great day, and I had one of the most phenomenal days when I was working in New York, I took my coworkers all the way from Midtown to Buka in Brooklyn, and we ordered pounded yam and a goosey soup. So pounded yam is basically like a big bowl of like carbs. So I think the closest thing is like mashed potatoes. That's the mm. closest thing you would understand in your mind, but it's 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 a yam on its own. It's like as big as your arm like this. So they pound it, boil it, pound it. And then a goosey soup is made off of uh, pumpkin seeds and vegetables mixed with like assorted meats you can have beef chicken fish what have you but all cooked together and this delicious stew so the best thing i would ever do is have pounded jam a goosey soup and of course an ice cold glass of palm wine so palm wine is basically the juice from the palm tree but it's fermented into wine and Mm. men after that, you're, you're, you're in heaven. There so you that's, go. That sounds that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, I can say I've had Nigerian food before, and the flavor profile of yeah. Nigerian food versus, you know, honestly, a lot of other cultured foods, I think, is pretty, it's pretty top notch. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we'll, and there, there are a lot of restaurants in New Jersey where you are, but I just can't remember the name. I just yeah. remember right now. Well, if you, if you, whenever you, uh, you think of them, please send them my way. I will be I there will. in a heartbeat. Uh, I will. And so we talked the last time on your podcast about my friend who, uh, who my best friend who is 
uh, his father is from Nigeria, and um, and we talked about the wedding. So we kind of became, uh, you know, the Niger- I think you even gave me a Nigerian name. I can't yes, re- I, I did. can't remember it. I, I'm Ol- like really- Oladili. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, good stuff. So the first real question, she is. Uh, tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and how did you overcome those obstacles? Okay, so I think, well, I wouldn't say the first time, but the most significant time I thought I felt lost in business was I had just quit my consulting job in the United States. I had moved to Africa to start an e-commerce startup selling baby products. And I spent, I'd, I'd sunk basically my life savings into that business. So I went you know, thinking I would start up, you know, run a nice e-commerce because e-commerce was booming in Africa at the time. And I said, I don't want to have a regret in life and say, okay, you know, what? why didn't I try something entrepreneurial and, you know, do something on my own? So I moved, invested, bought products, shipped everything to Africa. Within about three months of setting up, the economy goes into the worst recession in the last 30 years. Everything went from triple the price. So you can imagine if I were selling, um, just to put it in American context, if I was selling like diapers for $5 a box, it had to become 15 to $20 a box just because the exchange rates went out of whack because there's literally no money in the country. You know, we're not making money from oil people and everything revolves on around the oil industry. So if people weren't making money, people were getting laid off, people can buy the expensive stuff I had because I was targeting the um, upper middle class people who would usually travel abroad to buy all these things to, to take care of their kids. So I thought, okay, I'd rather cater to them in Nigeria. They know all these things are from the US and in Nigeria, and it's not going to be too expensive with shipping costs. So when that happened, you know, tried my best to get the business going, inventory wasn't moving, hired kids to do marketing for me. That That's when I actually went all in into marketing because I had people who said, oh yeah, they're great, they'll find me customers online. We're spending a bunch of money doing all kinds of things I didn't understand and nothing was coming. They were like, oh, we're getting likes and clicks. I'm like, I can't deposit likes and clicks in the mm. bank, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to turn that into dollars, you know? So. At the end of the day, I looked at the whole thing. I was like, you know what? I, I, I have to stop. I have to stop. I can't keep losing money. So I shut the whole thing down. And for like a couple months, I was like very depressed and dejected. And I was like, you know what? I, I pretty much lost all the money I saved and worked for into this business. What am I going to do? Am I going to get another job? You know, and I said, okay, if I'm going to get another job, who's going to pay me the type of salary I'm used to getting in New York? Mm-hmm. Not, not very many companies, you know, and even the few that are, they're not hiring right now. So I was like, all right, I prayed. I was like, all right, what am I going to do now that this has happened? So I, I was just rooting around through my house. And then I came across uh, some dates, and it was Jay Abraham, I think, Dan Kennedy, and some other books on marketing. So I was like, okay, let me go through the books. So long and short, I read the books. I was like, all right. I think the main failure here was the economy and not being able to sell properly. I can't control the economy, but I can control how to sell. And if I master this, I can apply it to other people's businesses or even my next business, and I'll see some success. So that's how I 
got into marketing. I spent my last $500 ordering um, five PDFs from Jay Abraham. I'll never forget it. And I went through that cover to cover, cover to cover. I started applying it. You know, one of my friends had a real estate company. So I said, hey, dude, let me work with you and apply this and see how it, it goes. And I, some of the things I was bringing in, they had never done before in the mm -hmm. country. Like they had never done direct response mail campaigns. I was the first person to do that. And we were getting some success with that. And I was like, okay, I think uh, this. I'd rather do this for the rest of my life than be an Excel jockey just playing around with cap rates and growth rates and, you know, arguing about 2%. I'd rather you know, find out how to get money into the business and then grow the business. So that's one way I found myself lost and then I recovered from that situation. No, I mean, that's a great story. I mean, I think, uh, you know, your ability to just constantly move and push the, the needle forward, I think, is inspiring. Yeah. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about, because we talked to, uh, off off air about this idea of uh, podcasting and this idea mm -hmm. of lead generation. Yeah. Um, it seems as if, and as a social media marketing expert, um, you know how difficult it is to obtain your first 100 customers or even yes. just a customer at all. Yeah. So what are some techniques and some ways that you're, um, that you're able to obtain clients? Okay. So for me right now, the one thing I rely on is I'm rely, I rely heavily on podcasting and email. So I'll say podcasting because I'm not very good at, you know, posting social media photos of myself or engaging with people. I know a lot of people have told me, you know what, you can do Twitter and just be active on there. Or you can do Instagram or even Facebook. I've never been one. I, it took me a long time to get into Facebook. You know, and even then, that was when Facebook was still early. So even now, to post frequent updates of myself is difficult. If Instagram, I'm just not the selfie type or whatnot. It's just not me. But I enjoy the medium of podcasting because you get to sit with a person one-on-one -on -one for mm -hmm. like 30 minutes to an hour. You communicate with the person. And then at the end of that, the person has built such a rapport with you that, you know, they want to reciprocate. They want to find out who are you. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And, you know, can we do business together? That might not be at the forefront of their mind, but it's like somewhere in there saying, okay, this guy's done his homework. He's asked a lot of questions about me. He's gotten to know me so well. Let, let me figure out what this dude is all about. Mm -hmm. So it's not like one-sided. So that's why I now said, okay, there, there might be something here. So like, like we said earlier, I had moved to Toronto um, around Christmas of 2017, and I moved here cold. I didn't know anybody, and I was still doing my old show, The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, which mm -hmm. I continue to do. And I said, okay, I don't know anyone, you know, I have maybe one friend at the time who I knew tangentially who would become closer now. So I said, all right, how am I going to start meeting people? And I want to be in the business world and in the business industry. So I said, all right, I'll go to podcasting. So I started another show called the GTA Business Titans because I wanted to work with small business owners. And I I started interviewing business owners who were not like in major corporations like Microsoft or whatever, but it could be like a small business owner or a solo consultant who has, you know, from 200 to 500K in revenues per year, doing well for themselves, but they're actively helping the community. And I'd sit down and talk to them for 20, 30 minutes, find out about their business, how they started, how they grew it, what they like to do in the city, and of course, what resources they could provide to help other business owners. Because it's one thing to say, okay, I did this for my business, 
your business is not so dissimilar from every other business owner because most business owners have the same problems. How do we get clients? How do we get um, how do we get to keep them? How do we get to make more money? Those are the three simple questions that a lot of business owners have. And if you figure out one way in your business, you can apply that to another business and it will show results. So I said, all right, I'm going to start using the interview funnel. So I call it the interview funnel now. So I started, uh, I sent out a couple emails almost overnight. I got like 10 responses that everybody's going to do it. And out of that, I got my first client. And my first client was uh, a 650 gig, $650 gig. Now, it might not seem like a lot to you, but coming in cold, not knowing anybody, and having somebody trust you to give you $650 to do a job that would literally take an hour and a half of my time was priceless to me. So, you know, it shows, okay, I have something here, and somebody's willing to pay me just based on a call. And then I just started running with it, and I've gotten three, four clients thus far. It's, of course, increased from 650 mm. And um, it's going at, uh, at an even better pace. So I think this is um, it's, a, it's an underrated tool that a lot of businesses are not applying because I think if done properly, you can actually apply the same interview funnel that I'm talking about into... Let's take, for example, if you're a furniture store owner, for example, and you know that, you know what, there are a lot of startups or there are a lot of new businesses coming into your city. And guess what? When they get funding, they need to expand their offices and they need to buy furniture and they need to get supplies on what you can say. Oh, you're interviewing startups in the neighborhood to talk about, you know, office design or something. You don't have to necessarily hit them over the head and say, oh, you sell furniture, you sell furniture. You can talk about things that are tangentially related to what you talk about or what you do as a business. And then when they have that relationship with you and they trust you, and you know, say, oh, by the way, you know, we also understand that you guys raise money for your business are you in the neighborhood are you looking for a new office and if you are you know we have some cool furniture and because of this relationship we have i'm willing to give you like a deal on furniture should you be willing to come and take a look at what i have you can apply that to so many different industries dentistry mm -hmm. uh, carpet cleaning dry cleaning what have you so i think it's one tool that is actually going to help a lot of businesses differentiate themselves in the marketplace and grow quicker because let's face it people are tired of being bombarded with social media messages or ads or um, even the ones in facebook the facebook sponsored ads but when you have a conversation with the person one-on-one -on -one, it's it's broken down the barrier and the resistance people have to wanting to do business with you at least they have some basis of a relationship and it's all about nurturing that in a natural way to get them to uh, make a transaction with you. And, and that advice is uh, spot on. And it's something that I've always preached as well, um, that aspect of what can you do in order to learn more about that person. And mm -hmm. the best way to do it is to interview them. Yeah. Um, they become your friend. They become your ally. They become your, um, you know, the person that will poten that potentially can refer you business. I actually want to throw mm -hmm. an idea your way. Sure. Uh, because it's something that I found out the uh, – I went to this uh, amazing event, and uh, it's called Podcast Movement. I'll give it a little shout-out here. Yeah. Um, so it was a – you I'm weren't there, like, were you? No, I'm sorry. I missed it. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, man, <laughs> if you were there, I would have said hi. Was, <laughs> but um, so it was It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, at this point, I think it was two weeks or so ago. Yeah, and, two weeks. And uh, somebody, somebody uh, 
came up with this really, really interesting idea that I want to just throw out there to the people listening. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to throw out to you. They said not only can you go if you want to tackle the small business world, if you want to tack it, tackle the uh, run a podcast about small businesses in your geographic area, why mm-hmm. not not only go to that person and interview them directly in their store, but throw an event mm. around the aspect of um, of that podcast. So, for example, if you are a um, if you are a a I think you use furniture shop for example, right? Mm. A, furni- mm-hmm. a furniture shop, but they're a big they're a big store, right? Yeah, I'm gonna assume that it's a big store because they have a lot of inventory. They mm-hmm. probably have a lot of connections as well. Why not turn that into a an event? You throw the event, you run the event, and mm. not only can you collect new uh, leads because you'll be able to collect their email address, mm-hmm. um, but you'll also make them look like a badass because mm. you know they're you're running the event in their in their neck of the woods in their in their their house. So. Um, okay. I've, so basically having the interview kind of like celebrated. So you go in the store, you sit with the owner or the manager and you say, hey, you know, we're having an interview on the podcast, you know, make them look like a celebrity in front of their customers and then also have them invite their friends to come and take a listen to the interview. Yeah, and exactly. Contribute. Oh, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that and I was like, you know what? That's so small, so simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... You know, I, I just when you said it, it immediately I thought about it, and it, maybe it could apply. And why not try and help other people by um, by by using that same approach? You're you said Toronto, right? You, right, that's where yes. you're at. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. could do it in Toronto. I'm sure you could do it in Philadelphia. You could do it in Camden. You yeah. could do it anywhere you want. So you can do it in every city around the world. There is no one that I have observed that is resistant to an interview unless that person is media and publicity shy and that's just because they're not comfortable and you have to make them comfortable everybody loves to talk about themselves that's the one thing i found out everyone loves to tell their story so if you're going to put them out there and let them shine they're going to give you the time of day so you'd be surprised (laughs) yeah i know absolutely well so my my follow-up question that is okay so you get the uh you use the i think you use the interview funnel that's that's Mm -hmm. your that's the phrase that you're using um you get the interview and now uh they love it they're like you're Mm -hmm. awesome you know they love you how do you turn them into a customer how do you turn them in? Awesome. So after the interview, and you know, you've told them about yourself. You, what I like to do is I like to lead with value. So the first thing is you kind of you don't mention this during the interview, but you, as they're getting to know you at the end, you tell them, oh, by the way, you know, I looked through your website, I looked through your this, and I noticed you guys aren't running pixels on your website, or you're not collecting email addresses. I, like, do you know that you know if you put a simple opt-in in there and say. You know, I'll give you a free um, ebook in exchange for your email or something. I will even, say, I'll even say, you know what? I have written a short PDF. It's about three to five pages for you to put on your website so that you can collect emails about this thing. So you can just whatever topic it is, because I've done about three or four of them. And I said, here, you know what? I, I wrote it for you guys before the interview, and and they're always shocked that you know I've done work in advance. And I said, here, just use it, put it on your website. And try and collect emails that way, and you know what? Let let's see how that goes. And they were like, "Oh, that's that's very nice. That's very kind." So I was like, "Yeah." But however, you know, given that you have these problems, and I'm 
giving you this one idea, you know, why don't we sit down one-on-one -on -one for like 15, 20 minutes and let me hear more about the problems you have. So this is, there's no obligation. I'm not asking you for your business or anything, but let me hear more about the current problems you're facing and then let's see if, you know, we can work together to solve these problems. By then, they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Let, let's, because they need, business owners are unique individuals in the sense that they have no one to share their problems with. Mm. People come to them with problems. There's no one they can tell their problems to because they feel they have to weigh it all on themselves. So if you're willing to take on somebody's problem and say, hey, you know what, tell me your problem. Let me see how I can help you because I've helped a lot of people in similar, not the same industry, but similar scenarios. And you'll find that across the board, a lot of businesses on the line have the same issues. So when you hear their problems, they have a psychic weight taken off them that they've unburdened themselves to you, kind of like uh, you're their therapist. And that process alone even starts the recovery because they might start to say, oh, you know what? It's good to actually share that problem because now I think maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that. But you don't want to let them control the conversation when they're sharing their problem. You want to control it. So you pick on the one major problem that you think is the biggest one in their mind by asking a series of questions. And then you now say, okay, you know what? I think if we start by solving this big knot first, we can then move on to the other one because once you see results in this one, it's easier to get results in the other ones. So you start with that and then you now say, okay, well, based on the problems you have, I can prescribe some solutions. You, you don't tell them what you're going to do. You say, okay, we, I think what I like to call it is you tell them the what and the why. Mm. So you tell them what you're going to do and you say why it's going to help you. But the how you're going to do it, that's how that's what they have to that's pay for. That's what they pay for, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very so cool. you tell them the what you're going to do, you tell them how you're going to do it. No, no, sorry. What, why, and then the how, they have to pay you for that. And mm. that's where you make your sales pitch. And you have to have a very convincing sales pitch. Yep. Because a lot of business owners are very shy about you know making the sale and making the pitch. You are, you, you you cannot be shy when you're making a sale. You have to say you know what you know. I I this is what I do for a living. State your credibility. State your results. State everything you think will back you up. And you say you know what this kind of problem. I can send you a proposal, but I think if we start within the next sixty to ninety days, you have to give a time frame of when you will start seeing results. Because mm. once they start seeing quick wins then it's an easier sale. So you have to say, if within this period of time, as you pay me, I, if you don't get any results, you don't have any obligation to continue. Yeah, no, so absolutely. you have to give them a quick time frame where they can see some achievable result from that first problem you've solved. When you solve that first problem and they see it happen within that time frame, they'll be like, okay, yes, let's continue and let's get the engagement going. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Gia, I would like to shake the conversation up just a little bit. And okay. so before we do, I uh, just have to ask everybody that's watching and listening to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform that they're listening or watching us on. Uh, head over to tbeshow.com uh, if you're watching on YouTube and uh, hit that subscribe button wherever it is that... Subscribe, uh, baby. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, before we, before we uh, uh, got on a conversation, I did some research a little bit about you and a little bit about your social media profile. Uh -oh. uh, so I have a couple of pictures here that, okay. uh, that just need some further explaining to do. Uh, okay. So uh, this picture in particular... <clears throat> It's just oh. <laughs> the, you getting getting the shape up 
yeah. uh, with those clean lines, man. And I think this was from was this in Nigeria or is this? No, this is this is in Mississauga where I live right now. In Minnesota, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. No, no, I mean in Toronto. Where I oh, live. in Toronto. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say is, well, I thought when I read it, I thought it was in Nigeria, and so my question was going to be, what is life like? living in nigeria that's the main question so regardless okay. of the picture that's the main question okay. because a lot of people don't have context okay you know, a lot of people don't know when they think of nigeria when they think of any african nation they immediately mm. think of i'm i'm going to go the route of probably negativity okay but it's not it is yeah. a beautiful beautiful country and yeah. a continent and it's a it's a beautiful um it's a, it's just the colors and the the community aspect. So I just would love for you to break it down. What life is like in Nigeria, uh, as simple and as elegant as you can. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, life in Nigeria is like life anywhere else. People have the same goals, aspirations, and dreams. You know, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to have a good time. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to live the life of success, happiness, and wealth. So in Nigeria, living in Nigeria, you'd be surprised that as much as you are in Camden, New Jersey, or whatever you live in, Jonathan, people know the same stuff that you, they know about the same musicians, they know about the same movies, they know about the same um, fads and trends that are going on. The, young, the, the world is so connected that if you were to plug yourself into Nigeria within about three weeks, you'd find that everything is pretty much not too different. Yes, there are differences in the food, of course. Yes, there will be differences in traffic. But you'll find that people have the same aspirations. They want to be successful. They want to make a success of the investment that their families have put in them in terms of sending them to schools and you know being able to give back to their community. Because let's face it, the one thing that I think hinders or reduces the level of fulfillment in Africa and in Nigeria is that we've not experienced good leadership in terms of our politicians, in terms of our our business people, in, term, in terms of people that have been in power over the people that are supposed to create infrastructure and things that are meant to help people live a good life. Mm. So we've not had someone that has said, okay, you know what, I'm going to be the president, I am not going to steal money, I'm going to provide good roads, I'm going to provide water, I'm going to provide electricity, I'm going to make sure healthcare is taken care of so that you, if you're sick, you don't have to fly abroad or beg for money or look for, you, you know what, we, we've, we've had the same level of oil wealth that Dubai, we got oil the same time as Dubai and the same time as Cyprus, I believe. So in 1960s, all of us found oil. But guess what? Dubai has moved farther than Nigeria. Cyprus has moved farther than And we haven't because a lot of the wealth has been taken out by the people that were placed in charge over us to take care of the rest of us. Mm -hmm. So now it's like everybody's out for themselves. And people are fed up with that. They want changes because guess what? The people that have taken the money out, if they have a cough or if they stop their toe, they're on the next flight to London or to Germany or to New York, to the hospital to go find out what the problem is. The average man on the streets cannot afford to do that. And because the hospitals are ill-equipped, if he goes to the hospital, he's not going to get the best care in as much as we have the best trained doctors in the world. I, I went to medical school before I left and came to the state and I caught up with some of my friends. These guys are in hospitals in Harvard, in Toronto, Saskatchewan, in Finland, wherever you go, you'll find a Nigerian doctor. 
But guess what? They cannot operate and save lives the way they want to in Nigeria because they don't have the tools to. And it's not their fault because they don't have the money. You have to provide resources for them to be able to go to the hospital, dispense drugs, diagnose you, pay them so that they can have a good life, and also do the operation to take care of the person. If you don't have machines that are working or power that is running, you know, it, it's going to be difficult for the people. So now people are fed up with not having great leadership, and everybody's trying to fight to get the right, because we have elections in the next couple months. So within six to nine months, we have our general election. So now people are serious about finding people that are credible, trustworthy, and reliable to put in power so that they can start at least giving us some semblance of hope so that we can live the good life we're all craving for. Yes, there's been a lot of things done in the past that are wrong, and we don't mind that those things have happened. We want changes now so that at least we will have a hope for a brighter future. So that's the optimism of the average person in Nigeria. So it's not much like, you know, um, we eat different foods from you, but we, we have the same aspirations as you. You know, once we have those things, we'll be okay. And yeah. you're going to see that when whenever you stop into any African country, especially Nigeria. Very cool. And and so it leads me to a next question. And uh, I was going to go a different route. I do have another okay. picture, but I'm not going to show it because it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just a quote. Um, but yeah. I think this question is actually more, more pertinent. Um, you, went, you went to school in the United States, right? Yes, I did. You went to school in the United States. You live in Toronto. You're originally from Nigeria, yeah. um, you know, now that you're in Toronto, what overall in life, what is your dream? Ooh, that's a tough one. So my dream is, you know, to, I think it's the same dream everyone has, but I'm going to state it as elegantly as possible, which is basically, you know, to make a success of this journey of life that I've been blessed with, you know. Um, my family has invested a lot in me, sending me to some of the best schools, you know, being exposed to the opportunity of coming to the United States. I lived and worked there for about 12 years before I moved out. You know, that that is an opportunity. Don't get me wrong, in as much as it's my mom and my family that paid for that, it could have just as easily gone to my cousin who's smarter, just because of the fact that it, it, it's a cohesive family. We don't care about, oh, this is my son. He has to go abroad. But the person that has the opportunity to go abroad, you know, has to make that gift a success mm -hmm. so that you can raise the whole family up with you because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a trust. They put that trust in you and they invest so much in you because you're basically their pension. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not able to make that gift a success, guess what? When they get old, they're going to have regrets that, oh, maybe did I pick the wrong person or did I invest in the wrong person? And there's no social security, there's no nothing. All they have, their investment in life is in you. So you have to take that investment and make it a success. So that means, you know, I have to wake up earlier in the morning, I have to work harder, I have to go to bed later. If I think of something and I think, okay, it can generate an extra buck or two, I'll try and do that because guess what? There are a lot of people relying on me being a success so that they too can also be successful. So that when they sit back and they talk to their friends and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know what, she's in Toronto, he's doing well, and you know, the family's doing well, he has kids, you know, we're able to take care of ourselves here, medical care, food, everything is okay. It's, it's, it's the thing of pride to be able to say that, mm -hmm. you know what, I supported this guy and now he's supporting us, mm -hmm. you know? So that, that's, I think my goal is to be able to 
make my job. And I'm not talking about, oh, making like a billion dollars and be on phone, but being able to make sure I can take care of myself comfortably and provide for myself that I can also be able to provide and support the people who have helped me hmm. get to where I am. Because that's the only way I'll count myself a success if those people are successful as they start to reach um, the twilight of their years. Yeah, that's, uh, that's beautiful. And it's something that I've always found uh, I've always respected when it comes to people who uh, come from different cultures and different backgrounds mm. is always that that giving mentality. And I can say that a lot of people uh, that would predominantly look very similar to me, they mm. don't believe in that same thing. And it's it's hard because it, it what my, the point I'm trying to make is it's an inspiration hearing that mm. regardless of how hard you work, as much as you do it for yourself, you always have them in mind, in the back mm-hmm. of your mind, in order to help them. So it's it's really powerful, and I hope people that are listening, um, they they too feel that inspiration to want to help others. Um, Chia, my last question to you is: the blind entrepreneur is defined as a person who may be temporarily lost or blind in business, mm-hmm. and they cannot see the obvious. So to, to those individuals who are stuck, what mm-hmm. are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Okay, so I thought about this long and hard because I know this is one of the key questions of your show. Yeah. And my, okay, so I have three answers here, but my first one is going to be, um, regardless of your faith and your background, I'm a man of faith, I'm a Christian, so I believe in the power of prayer. So if you're lost and you have no way out, whether you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, you're Buddhist, whatever, you know what, seek that spiritual connection and pray. You know, don't necessarily pray that, oh, show me a sign or something, but, you know, commune with the one you call God and say, you know what, I'm, I'm your, your, your creation, you know, mm-hmm. you promised to take care of me, um, please look upon me and, you know, tell, tell that person that you look up to and say, hey, you know what, I have this need, I have this problem, but, you know, you are more important than the need, and I know that if I submit to your will, you'll take care of me, just mm-hmm. um, please show me a way or commune with me and tell me that this is going to be okay. I found that that is so powerful that, you know, when you're able to spend that quiet time and let your spirit commune with God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, you know, you you get some level of peace and then you start getting quiet inspiration. It might not be a big voice that will come and shout at you, but it will be that still voice that will be like, okay, maybe don't do this, maybe do this, or maybe think about it in a day, or look at it in a different way. Once that communion with your spirit starts mm. to operate in your life, you'll find that you start getting little nudges to help you along the way. The second thing I would say is if you're blind and you're still seeking direction, uh, connect with people. People next to God, people are the next blessings that you have. So connect with someone who has gone down the road you want to go to and then find out, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges they faced and how did they overcome them? You know, maybe get coffee from them or something. Like I remember when I wanted to start my uh, baby products company in Africa, I came across quite by accident um, the guy that founded diapers.com in the U.S., he was giving a talk in um, the Stevens Institute in Hoboken, something like that, one evening. So I saw it while I was at work, and I was like, man, I don't think I can make it. I said, no, this guy is going to be there. I need to be there. Mm-hmm. So I, I rushed off work. I went to meet him, Vinit Barara, and he told me something. He said, you know what, that when they first started, it was very difficult, but that 
because he had a co-founder, it was very easy to overcome the problems and take care of that. That if I'm thinking of doing the same thing in Africa, why don't I talk to the guys that were doing the same thing in Brazil? And he gave me their number. They were the baby the Brazil, the com the Brazil or something. So he gave me their email or something. I don't know if I got in touch with them, but he's like, connect with someone that wants to that has done what you've done before. And then, you know, talk to that person about their challenges and that will help you. Mm -hmm. So that was very powerful for me. And I found that that is usually the key gap that you need to cross over because you might think it's an insurmountable problem. Somebody that has done what you want to do will say, oh, that's a piece of cake. Wait till you get over this and you have to get over this hump. Now, mm -hmm. this is the main problem you have to worry about. That's not even a real issue. So connect with people, whether you have to reach out by email, by tweets, by uh, messenger connect with people and be genuine don't don't reach out and say oh i have a problem helping get, reach out and give value first before you now say you know what i'm trying to be like you and do what you do can you um give me some guidance and be respectful of the person's time because you know everybody is busy so be respectful and say if it's just five minutes or ten minutes make sure it's five minutes and ten minutes and as much as that person wants to continue let them say they want to continue but other than that at the time you said you're going to stop stop and thank them for their time and move on so connect with people because people are the next best thing to god and also have a strong work ethic that's i think the biggest factor because a lot of people tend to give up in the challenge and in the struggle when things are not going right but guess what nothing's ever going to go the way you want it to go you know I've, i listen to a lot of biographies and i read a lot of biographies and you'd be surprised that some people who we think are successes now had like huge problems like stallone had to sell his dog in order to make rocky and make food you know and get money for food and whatnot if he had quit at the point where oh he couldn't uh, pay his bills or whatever and goes back to doing whatever menial job he was doing we'd never have all the awesome movies that we have today like expendables and rambo and whatnot but make sure that whatever you're doing whatever you're, you're trying to build make sure you have that strong work ethic because whether you like it or not, there's somebody hungrier somewhere out there in the world that would kill for the opportunity you have now. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you don't blow the opportunity and the gift you have. Whatever you're trying to do, just make sure that you wake up a little bit earlier, go to bed a little bit later and do your best at it because there's some hungry kid out there, whether it's in China, in, in Nigeria, in Camden, New Jersey. There's somebody hungrier than you. And once he gets what you have, you're, you'd be surprised what he's going mm -hmm, to do. Mm -hmm. So just be willing to put that extra work ethic and things would um, work out. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, so true. So, so true. Gee, thank you so much for your time this morning uh, to talk about oh. your experiences in business. And, you know, it's always good to, to talk to you. We haven't talked in a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. So, we need to do more of talking, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and uh, I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, but the next 30 seconds is all yours. Tell everybody about how they can learn more about you, how they can learn more about your journey, how they can become a customer, whatever it is, the floor is yours. Oh, thanks for that. I appreciate that, man. So if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on my website, which is www.odogwu.com, which is uh, my last name. Or you can find me on Facebook using the same name, odogwu.com. You can connect with I do, I'm an easygoing guy. Connect with me. We'll talk. We'll chat. You can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm not very big on those sites, but if you connect with me, I see all the messages and I'll respond, so it's not a problem. So Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at ch 
odogwu.com. And yeah, just send me an email. You can also, once you get on my website, you'll see my podcast. You can take a listen. My email is info at odogwu.com. So yeah, I'm pretty easy to, to, to get at. Just hit me up. Let me know what you're thinking, and you know what? Let, let's let's chop it up, man. Let's 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 make a success of this thing called life. We only got one shot, so there's no point in me hoarding what I know and you staying stuck in a rut where you can talk to me, you can solve your problem, I can talk to you, you can solve my problem, and we're all surviving. The world can make everyone. There's room for everyone to be a success. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, Jonathan. Like the the amount of money and resources in the world is enough that. Each and every one of us can live a very good life. Mm-hmm. We just need to be able to tap into it. And there's no point being um, stingy or hoarding what I know when I know that I can help you and bless you. And if I have a problem, I can reach out to Jonathan and say, Jonathan, can you help me in this? And you can help me and bless. Because when we all succeed, dude, what, what's, what's the problem? What's we're, the all problem? Sit, we're all hanging out at the table yeah. uh, eating good. And that's what yeah. it's all about. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. There's so much that we could do uh, as a society together. And, and I hope that your podcast, this podcast, uh, are able to help the world just a little bit better. Um, yeah. I, I want to say thank you to those who are still watching and listening for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast again on YouTube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews just like this one. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.